We are so glad to be with you today. My name is Laura Hunter, and welcome to the Moms on Call podcast. Along with my longtime friend, Jennifer Walker, we've created this podcast to share our years of experience with newborns, babies, and toddlers with you to help navigate parenthood. Perhaps you've seen our videos, read our books, or maybe met with one of our consultants. Well, now you can hear us too. Thank you to our sponsors. We want to answer all your questions. Today, we'll be talking about why making information easily accessible, keeping things fresh, and bringing the fun to CPR training is so important for parents and caregivers. We'll also be discussing the best way to deal with having to constantly go into your child's room to replace that pacifier, a game we like to call Passy Pong. We know as a parent, you've got a busy schedule, which is why we take the first five minutes of every episode to try to teach you something valuable. Today, we'll be talking about the importance of a newborn sleep environment. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast. Today, we are going to talk about sleep environments because babies learn by association and routine. So they associate sleep time with crib time, sleep time with white noise. We're making those associations so that we can communicate to babies in the ways that they receive communication because we really can't reason with them, which would be brilliant if we could just look at them and say, hey, this is how tonight's going down. We're all going to sleep all night. We just have to use the communication tools that really resonate with babies in the ways that they learn. So Laura, let's talk a little bit about some of the foundational elements that help babies to know that crib time means sleep time. So under 12 weeks of age is what we're talking about today, which means we want to make sure that we have a mom's on call routine according to the age of your little one. And you know that you guys can find those routines and all of our resources, a high quality sound machine with white noise. And we want to use that sound machine for all sleep times that are in the crib. We want to make sure that we have the right swaddle. And the right swaddle makes a huge difference. Our swaddle blankets, actually, we're so proud of this. They are one of the first blankets that have a QR code sewn right in. So you can see exactly how to do it. And it may take a little practice to get all the folds in the right place. You can practice that on a baby doll or a stuffed animal first and then do it on your baby. But you're really going to start to realize that when all the pieces of this puzzle are in place, that really gets the success that all the people, when they call in and talk to us about moms on call and they're just enjoying these really great routines and really great sleep times, these are the principles that they put in place. And if your baby is over 12 weeks of age, it is not too late. We get that question a lot. So one of the messages for today is we're going to have the right swaddle, the sow machine, a crib environment that doesn't have anything in it, but a baby and, you know, no loose blankets, no toys. It's going to be nice and safe. And that if you have a baby over 12 weeks of age, 
It is never too late to get started with Moms on Call. Our resources go all the way up to the end of the fourth year, and we can get you sleeping at any age. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. They have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they're sharing their experiences as nurses, business owners, and moms with you, completely unfiltered. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Well, we recently released a CPR online course, and I'm just going to say we came up with this idea because what was out there, I didn't want to watch it. That's the truth. (laughs) It seemed very long. And yeah, there was a lot of information and sometimes it just seemed overwhelming. I'm thankful for them. Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful that I could get those refresher courses and that refresher information to keep me up to date and to know what I was doing in the case of an emergency. But man, they were so boring. (laughs) That's because they weren't bringing the fun. You know, I used to teach CPR long ago and I didn't want to go if it wasn't fun. That's how I felt about our toddler classes as well. Like if it's not going to be fun, I don't want to be there. So I'm just going to go entertain myself. (laughs) You do bring the fun, though, Jennifer. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, we can (laughs) always count on a good time if Jennifer's around. Like that time I tried to taste test peanut butter, but I was by myself, and I just wanted to decide which one was going to be the best. Except I was by myself. So I took the (laughs) three different, I think it was Jeff and Peter Pan and uh, Skippy. And I really thought it was going to be Skippy. I thought that was my favorite. So... I put the spoons out, (laughs) but I mixed them up so I wouldn't know which was which. And then I tasted them and I opened my own eyes and I'm like, yeah, Jennifer, you should have thought this through. I don't know which one of these spoons is which now. So that was a, that was a lot of peanut butter that night. And it turned out that actually was um, Peter Pan. Mm, Yeah. Interesting. Just so you know. That's right. But what does that have to do with (laughs) CPR? Well, it's all about bringing the fun. And I think we did a great job with Emily Blewett, who is one of our sweetest and incredible consultants out from Austin, Texas. She was gracious enough to come alongside us and help us to bring this in a way that I believe is one, fun And it is beautifully done, if I might say so. It's the prettiest CPR course you've ever seen in your life. I'm just telling you. For sure. It's nice and clean and the backgrounds are all good. It's just got all those things. And then on top of that, the very succinct information, like this is what you need to do. This is what order you do it in. And here's a recap. And and that's what I love about it, Jennifer, is that we kept it to, I think you can watch it from start to finish in less than 30 minutes, but then we broke it down to like these, you know, two to five minute chunks. So if you can't carve out 30 minutes to watch all of it from front to start, you can kind of begin that in smaller chunks. But my favorite part is the printable PDFs because... An emergency is not going to give you time to pull up the online course. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you can watch it as many times as you need or babysitters or whatever. But my favorite part 
is showing what to do in order to treat a child that's choking when you're pregnant. And, you know, like you go behind them and you place your hands and you're kind of doing that little thrust in their abdomen. But what if you're pregnant? So we show what to do because so many of our clients are pregnant. Nobody shows you that. Have you ever had to do any of these life-saving techniques? Well, we're both nurses, so we've had to like go advanced, advanced. But I mean, just like basic in your regular everyday life. I have had to rescue a few kids out of, not my own, but a few kids out of swimming pools where, you know, the whole time adults are all around and a kid has gone under. Thank goodness it didn't get to the full-blown CPR state of that. But definitely the first aid stuff, I have three boys, absolutely had to use a lot of that first aid (laughs) stuff. And, you know, I love the PDFs because, like I said, those, you know, these emergencies are not going to happen where you have time to pull up the online course and go through it. But these PDFs that were created are fantastic with step by step, by step. So they can go in that kind of caregiver binder or put them up on the refrigerator for easy access. So, you know, to me, that was just one of the best parts. Well, and the other thing too, was having a phone and you can tell your phone to call 911, but you can also- That's another great point. Yeah, they walk you through it. So if you have your phone nearby, like you can get somebody's help to walk you through it as well. But this has the pictures. Do you remember when we first did Moms on Call long, long ago before the internet was a thing? And we put it in a CD. Like we put CDs in the back of our book. We're the first (laughs) one. No, DVDs. I keep calling them CDs just so people know. Another thing. I can't tell the difference between CDs and DVDs. They're the same shape. They both look like they'd make fantastic Frisbees if you just needed to figure out something to do with them. So, yeah, so we put DVDs in the back of our books and we stuck them back there like our kids would do it as we sent them out in the early years because we knew. Visual. Yes. Like that, to be able to see it. Taking a rectal temperature, look, that just takes some finesse. And it just helps to see it. Sucking that nose out, clipping the nails. Like, I can't describe this to you. And so this is one of the really, really great things. The things that we include in this CPR and first aid video are amazing in that way because you get to see it. And then the PDFs have pictures of it. That's me. I'm a visual learner, even if I can't tell the difference between a CD and a DVD. Right. Or... Types of peanut butter because you got them mixed up before. Well, I just needed, <laughs> I just needed another person. Is what happened. To that. So everybody needs to go check out the CPR course, and it's great for grandparents and caretakers and just anybody. And yes, watch it every couple of months just to to refresh your mind so that you know what to do in case of an emergency. But the other thing that I want to talk about is poison control, Jennifer, and how important it is to have that number available and know what that is. Because poison control is not just for, oh, you know, they got into some medications, but they're great to know if you're nursing, if you can take the medications that you might have been prescribed or your kid ate the plant outside, or, you know, so there's so many things that poison control is incredible at. And it's a service that I think people forget about 
And so I really want to encourage everybody to know the poison control number. Let's make sure that you guys know to call them. If there's something that happens, you call them before you call your pediatrician because they can pull everything up in their computer system. In fact, Jennifer, how many times did you call poison control? Before we go on to how many times I call poison control with my three kids, it was always one, it was the same kid. You guys know who have multiple kids. You know which one makes you call poison control most often. (laughs) Before we go to that, I do appreciate so much when you said, if your kid eats a plant outside. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. It's emergencies happening everywhere. This is like a little vegan waiting to happen. If your (laughs) kid is going outside but there are some berries like holly berries they are yes. poisonous and when you have pets i think you really are more aware because they tend to eat the plants also so yeah so i wanted to hop in on that for a second but now yes we will move forward to i had to call poison control three times yes i'm a pediatric nurse so grayson he had a vanilla insert on the inside of a stick up that was on top of his diaper pail And I literally left him just to go to the bathroom. Just number one, I was not gone long. And I come back and his breath smells like vanilla for days. And I'm like, what happened? He had taken apart the actual apparatus in which this little vanilla insert was encased and he ate it. I know exactly what you're talking about. It was those little foamy kind of insert thing, the little disc almost, I think back then they were a type of little disc. Yes. He had vanilla breath for so long. And yeah, so that was one of my times that I had to call them. (laughs) And, but they do, they have a material data safety sheet on every product and they pulled it right up. And luckily, other than having really great vanilla breath for probably like a day and a half, which, you know, every time I smelled it, I felt guilty as a mother that how could I have, you know, allowed this to happen. This is just like, you know, mom thoughts. Even now, like I can't do vanilla candles. <laughs> like, mm, That's no. Understandable. Brings up the memory. But yeah, always for that kid. He sprayed himself in the face with some 409 when I was cleaning the kitchen. Always the same kid. But it's always something. Those possibilities happen. And with poison control, I think it's always great to remind our families, know what it is that they had, have that available because they want to know if they got into some type of medication, they want to know the medication and the dosage. They also want to know the current weight of your kid because the weight can be a huge player in what direction we have to go when that information is is given. So make sure you have those things available and have that poison control number. Post it, print it off, put it up on your refrigerator, put it in your caregiver binder. I think that is so, so huge. And if y'all are wondering how many times I've called poison control. (laughs) With five children, five. That would be zero. Not that my kids didn't get into stuff because they did, but I tend to be like, eh, it'll be all right. And so, you know. (laughs) So here you are. You're like, call poison control. Have all of this listed and accessible. (laughs) And your kids are outside eating dirt. You're like, yeah, they'll be fine. They'll be all right. We got all kinds. We're just telling the truth here. This is the absolute truth. No children were hurt in this broadcast. (laughs) My kids often make fun of me and, and tell people that, you know, unless their arm was like cut off, 
I was kind of like, you'll be fine. Move on. We have too much to do. (laughs) Yeah. It was just like, let's go, 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 you know. But for everybody out there, check out the CPR course. Have a plan. Have that caregiver binder. And and we'll try and talk a little more about that as well in an upcoming episode, because I think those caregiver binders are really, really nice to have, especially for those of you that do have frequent grandparents that come and visit or watch your kids or, you know, a a babysitter that comes out. What we're saying is we hope that you get to have a babysitter and other caregivers. We want to equip you with everything that you may need. So that you can have a little free time, a little time to yourself here and there. It just makes you better when you get back. And one of the other things, too, for them I think is really helpful is to put the address. So having been a babysitter. That's true. I remember having to <laughs> having to call. <laughs> Gotta share this story. Oh, no, this is not this. This is not the time I got lost dog sitting. That's for another day. (laughs) I think that's what you're thinking of. Okay. yes. No, y'all heard that right. Jennifer got lost (laughs) dog sitting in a neighborhood because she didn't know the address to where she was. Well, and I thought if I just turned left the whole time, I'd end up back where I needed to be. I didn't, but that's for, just stay tuned. We have all kinds of stories that we will regale you with. I don't know that any of them are particularly flattering, but that's okay. We want you to put your address on, you know, whatever caregiver notebook, refrigerator. So when you do have those people, they may have not memorized your address. So (laughs) have that available. Dog sitters may need it. Just have it available. That is good information. So check it out. Check out the CPR online course and first aid. What do we cover? We cover infant and child CPR. Yes. Infant and child choking. Mm -hmm. And then some of the first aid. So like five or six of the first aid things, I believe. Plus the automated external defibrillator. So an AED, especially for a lot of you who are going out to the ball field on, you know, regular Saturdays and whatnot. They usually have access to one of these. So we show you like if you opened it or if you had to use it, if you had to use it on a kid or if you had to use it on a baby, what does it look like? And it's so easy. It's so easy. But it's good to be familiar with it and to know that you can ask for it. It just, it really increases the survivability of those kind of emergencies. So yeah, so we go over that as well. And it is beautiful and wonderful. And Emily could not be better at delivering this information. It's such a great pace and we had so much fun putting it together. So we hope you guys will enjoy it and we'll use all these great tips and tricks to make your parenting experience a lot easier. Stay safe. Hey, do you ever feel left out of something? You know, it's not always a bad thing to feel left out. Uh, Bobby, who is one of our sponsors And just an amazing infant formula company owned by moms that leaves something very specific out. They leave out corn syrup, palm oil, and malodextrin. And this organic baby formula, their recipe is modeled after EU nutritional guidelines while also meeting all FDA requirements for infant formula. And they're super proud of what they have left out. They're also offering a 25% discount on your first box of Bobby with the code MOMSONCALL25 at HiBobby.com. And they'd love for you 
to explore and celebrate your own personal feeding journey, whether you're exclusively breastfed or you do a combination or exclusively bottle fed, Bobby is in your corner along with Moms on Call. The dreaded nasal congestion. You know what I am talking about from early newborn congestion to full-blown colds. All of us have had to deal with it in our homes. Stuffy noses can make breathing, sleeping, and feeding more difficult and uncomfortable. There are lots of ways from traditional bulge syringes to manually sucking snot. Ooh! Dr. Stephen Gowdy, a pediatric ear, nose, and throat physician, created the NoseBot to help address these problems. The NoseBot is a portable, rechargeable electric nasal aspirator with hospital-grade suction. The unique nose piece allows you to have a free hand to help stabilize your child's head, making it so easy to use. Go to www.drnosebest.com and use offer code MOMSONCALL for $25 off the NoseBot nasal aspirator. That's www.drnosebest.com with offer code MOMSONCALL. And always consult your healthcare provider concerning when and how often nasal aspiration should be used. Before we record every episode of the podcast, we take a look at our Instagram account. And if there are any questions in there, we set them aside and try to answer them on this show. So if you have a question you would like to ask us, you can also leave us a message on Instagram and you might hear your response here. So we have a question. I have a three-week-old that is not waking between 12 and 2 a.m. Do I need to wake him at this age? Well, sometimes we just need more information. So if this baby is healthy and they're gaining weight and they're, you know, doing well, then no, we don't necessarily need to do that middle-of-the-night feeding between 12 and 2 a.m., It can be later. We can kind of see when that natural wake-up happens. But this is something that you definitely want to be aware of with your pediatrician. And as long as they're growing and doing great, I have fantastic news for you. (laughs) We can see when they wake up. But typically at this age, Laura, wouldn't you agree? They're they're still having about one feeding, if not one to two feedings in the middle of the night. Yes, and it varies. So sometimes it will be between 12 and 2. Sometimes it'll be 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. And, you know, it can kind of begin that transition. We always say if they're healthy, over two weeks of age and past their birth weight, then we can move to on-demand feeding at night, which just means we let them decide. And again, that might be one feed at night. It may be two. And you know what? The truth is, sometimes we'll have some really rough nights, right? But sometimes we'll have some really great nights (laughs) where you go in and you're like, I just want to make sure this kid is breathing. We haven't heard from you in a while. And um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. My 12-week-old will not take more than three ounces in a bottle. And we get that question quite a bit. How do you get them to gradually increase those amounts? And, And there's always a few things that we can look at right off the bat. And one of those is the type of bottle that you're using. And what Laura and I have found over and over 
are the guidelines that are listed on the packaging are not always accurate. So where it says like four months plus, we can often switch to that next stage of nipple when the baby is showing indications that they're needing to get it a little bit faster or they're frustrated in a feeding or they're not getting enough in a feeding. So one of the things we would say is you don't always have to refer to the packaging for the nipples. And just from so much experience that we've had, the old-fashioned shaped nipples work so well. So sometimes it's the bottle system is not necessarily progressing with your baby in the way that we would hope. I don't think people realize that the packaging isn't necessarily written in stone, you know, because just the way babies suck is just so different. So I would recommend looking at those regular old-fashioned nipples. I would make sure we're feeding. What position are you feeding in? Sitting straight up is one of our favorite ways to feed. And then gradually increasing that amount. But also a routine. The way their bodies tell time is by doing the same thing at the same times every day. So that can also help as well. And even though this baby is 12 weeks old and we're not quite at that four-month threshold, we can move to the stage two nipple. Another question, I have a four-month-old that we're not starting solids yet. Do I stay on the eight to 16-week routine or move to the four to six-month routine? So this is a question that we get frequently when you decide to start solid foods baby foods. We have some of the best resources that'll take you step by step. So we want you to certainly be prepared with those things. And as far as the schedule, the simple answer is yes, you can stay on the eight to 16 week schedule, no matter when you choose to start those baby foods. Because as we say here in the Moms on Call podcast, the best decision is the one you make. So stay on that eight to 16 week routine until your little one is not acting hungry at three hours, and they're able to stay up about two hours. Once they're doing those things, then you can move to the four to six month routine and skip solids until you're ready to start those. And remember, starting solid foods is not a date on the calendar. Okay, Laura. So there's a really good question here that we get pretty frequently. And it is, what do you do when your eight week old wakes at 5 a.m.? What a great question. So, you know, we start that eight to 16 week routine, typically between, you know, six and eight weeks, give or take. And we like to start the day at 7 a.m. But that eight week old is still needing at least one feed in the middle of the night, most nights. So once they're making it to about 5 a.m., what we recommend doing after you wait those three little soothing rounds is to just go ahead and feed half the amount that you normally would, but start the day at 7 a.m. and feed them whatever they'll take at 7 so that we're consistent with the start point of the day. So you can feed at 5 and 7 And it's just a transition. It's not going to be that way forever. And we'll start pushing it out as you follow the Moms on Call guidelines. But just so you know, 5 a.m. is not my favorite. I don't like to be up at 5 a.m. So that's part of how we um, developed this to scoot those really early morning times out for the non-morning people. And sometimes it works out good. Sometimes somebody in your house that loves waking up at that hour. And so it can work out for a little feeding here and a little feeding there. But eventually, we're going to land at that 7 a.m. So thanks for that question. 
Okay, Laura, I love this term. How do we stop Passy Pong? We probably need to describe what Passy Pong is. So it's like ping pong, but with a pacifier. That's right. It's like going in and popping in, getting out and it pops out. You go back in, you put it back in, you get it. It seems like we could be doing that for hours. So this question is how to stop that. (laughs) And again, we're not sure how old this child is here. And some people, I love how some people just like throw a handful of pacifiers into a grip (laughs) at a given time. They all tend to make it, you know, the older the kid is, the more likely that those get thrown out of the crib to try and draw you back in for this uh, passy pong engagement. Uh, But the simple answer is, For older kids, don't go back in. Now, when we're talking about the littler babies, and you can see on page 110 and 111 of our resources of the Moms on Call book, we give you really specific instructions about going in and when to use that passy to the best advantage so it serves all night sleep. And in that case, even if it does fall out, we want you to stay out for about five more minutes. And that always helps too, you know, making sure if they're under 12 weeks of age and, and they can't get their passy on their own is swaddling correctly, using the right sound machine, and then giving them some time and opportunity to maybe have that passy fall out, but then go right back to sleep on their own without us putting that back in. So give them a few minutes, let them try to settle down. uh, And then as they get older, we can kind of decrease the time that we're going in there. We are always taking your messages at 888-234-7979. You can also find us on Instagram. We are Moms on Call there. If we didn't get to your question, you might be able to find the answers on our website, momsoncall.com. We like to end every single episode with something that's going to send you off in a great mood. We look for happy, uplifting, encouraging stories about parenting and raising children and just the good stuff that's in the world. That's why we call this segment The Good Stuff. Okay, Jennifer, we have all been with our movement toddlers, and they run off in directions that, how do they even get so fast? Well, Morgan Tucker's employer offered her some club seats uh, at a major league soccer game, and she was so excited, and she took her two-year-old son, and they were like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a blast. And little did she know that he was going to be on the news by the end (laughs) of the night. And what ended up happening, so they were playing, I think they were playing Cincinnati and Orlando City, and and it had been about 70 minutes into the game. And Morgan, as we've all done, Morgan kind of glanced away from our toddler for a split second. That is all it takes. It. it only takes one little wandering of the eyes in the opposite direction. They have a sense. They know when the opportunities come. I think every single one of us can put ourselves in the position of Morgan. So Morgan is like, oh my gosh, I had to jump over the gate and then I had to sprint after him because he went under the fence and was on the field. (laughs) Oh yeah, that happened literally so quickly. I had two movement toddlers, so both my twins 
were movement and one of them was loud and the other was quiet. So we'd always chase the quiet one because the loud one we'd be able to find. And um, this moment where she is just (laughs) frantically running out there, one of my favorite things in watching that is feeling almost the combined reaction of the crowd, like, oh, we've all been there. You know, it was just everybody kind of had this moment together, I thought. And I loved it. It was so awesome. So on Twitter, Sam Green posted on Twitter a picture of the mom that had scooped up this toddler <laughs> running <laughs> off of the field. And and what it is is a young pitch invader was quickly scooped up by their own personal security detail without incident. And I thought, that is just the best. So you know what? We've all been there. And this mom, Morgan, you are my hero. And if this kid grows up to be a soccer player, please let us know. That would be the best ending to this scenario. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. Please visit MomsOnCall.com for more resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive this amazing parenting journey. We are so grateful for you. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a couple of minutes and you listen on Apple Podcast, please leave us a five-star review and tell everybody what you love about the show and spread the word. If you have parenting friends or people who are expecting in your life, even grandparents, let them know that the Moms on Call podcast is available for them for free wherever they listen to podcasts.